0: Welcome to a football show here, Monday edition. He is Zach. I am Braden. We are brought to you by Sinkers and the Kingston Group here, of course, two locally owned businesses that sponsor this product and allow you to consume it for free every time via podcast, live stream, comments. They're open, Zach. Make sure people get in there Facebook, YouTube, you name it. You can get involved that way in the show. We do appreciate it when we get to go back and forth with you guys and you tell us how dumb we are. We do appreciate that. Zach, how are you, sir?
1: Doing good. Uh, I'm I'm sure Malik Willis has uh, breathed a sigh of relief just because they just announced that they're going to be able you could keep three quarterbacks active without burning a roster spot on game day. So if you're doing a 53 man roster, that boy Malik Willis is going to make it.
0: <laughs> and we're going to talk Malik Willis today. Uh, Ian Rappaport, the NFL bylaw on allowing a third quarterback to be active without burning a roster spot was approved per source. So I, I literally saw that five seconds before he we went on air, just like you, I imagine. So uh, we shall see now. Mel Kiper also had some interesting comments about Malik Willis on lamestream sports last week. So we'll talk about that. Uh, we'll get into to Der- the, the vast big chunk main topic, whatever you want to call it today on the show. The Derek Henry, Ryan Tannehill thing. I said a couple of weeks ago, Zach, that they are the Titans are out of the Tannehill Henry business. Well, Is there something they could do? Is there anything that could be done, a situation that could arise where these two guys could find themselves one or the other back on the Titans, either earning their way back in or maybe through other methods, still being a part of this team in 2024? So we'll get into that. Uh, And then, of course, OTAs begin today. I've already seen all the Internet videos of people walking out of a facility and onto a football field. Holy shit. Uh, We did it. That's happening. Uh, But the media will be allowed to watch practice all day on Tuesday, so we'll have a good report for you guys on what we saw on Thursday. But today's conversation around OTA is going to be largely just who needs it the most, who are we watching out for, and Malik Willis is certainly a big part of that conversation. Before we do that, however, uh, we've been teasing this giveaway, Zach. Sinkers Beverages, East Nashville. Sign up for the in-crowd. I'm just going to tell you right now. You're going to have to sign up for the in-crowd to be a part of this potential giveaway slash contest slash prize i don't exactly know what it what we should call it but just badassery maybe i don't know but we are going to tell you what that is on thursday we are we've finally been given the green light from the suits to tell you what it is on thursday you are going to want to tune in we'll do it at the top of the show it is going to be i would argue zach the greatest giveaway in the history of sports content
1: yeah, I mean short of like your preference of a certain concert or something and typically those are nosebleed seats or not probably good tickets. This is like it's it's one that if we don't get to partake in the um with the winners I am going to be very sad and I'm going <laughs> to wish that we had won and we had saved this for ourselves because this is that good. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is tremendous. You need to have your June calendar for the end of June. Your your couple of, you need to go ahead and clear your schedules. I don't know when it's actually going to take place or anything like that, but you yep. have to go ahead and clear your schedules and you have to go join the in-crowd because those two things are gonna matter for this contest. If you are not a yep. member of the in-crowd and you are not a listener or watcher of the show. You're not going to, obviously, if you're not listening or watching the show, you're not going to even know this existed. But if it goes on Twitter, you know, you know, whatever. Sure, sure, sure. Football under their F-words will have one. A football show will also have one. So there are going to be two winners, one for Bluegrass and one for Sinkers. But they both are related, so join the end crowd.
0: You have to go into the, one of those two locations. It's right there at the register. All you do is give them your phone number. There's not like a, you know, there's you're not giving like your third child away and like a social security number, some of that. It's just a phone number. Uh, They don't bother you. They don't text you. There's nothing there. They're just tracking all your purchases to make sure that they give you, make sure when there's something in stock that you like. Also, they allow free VIP allocations, testing, uh, testings, testings, they give free testings at their their locations. No, tastings, uh, opportunities to win things like tickets to come to the draft party, things like that. But this is going to be—I mean, listen—I've worked in this business a long time. I'm not sure I've ever given away anything like this because I'm with you. I am openly campaigning to allow myself to go on this particular thing. Uh, I almost gave it—I almost just gave it away. I almost gave it away. Let
1: me say this: If you are an out-of-town listener or watcher of the show, and you've been looking for an excuse to come down to Nashville. Bear, start looking maybe to possibly asking off work in the end of june that's all i'm
0: just that that's perfect that's perfect uh and of course kingston group (laughs) they're not giving away any houses but they do give away free advice all the time all the time if you've got questions about your house they will help you uh they will help you find the right person uh and even like if they can't do the thing do the work do the construction do the renovation buy or sell or whatever like they will help you Like we are literally looking at like trying to solve a problem with like my wife's family, trying to buy like a house and or maybe do something with like a lake house because we want a place for the family to gather. Like the Kingston Group is talking us through like tax problems with buying and selling land right now. Like they will help you with almost anything. They are Nashville's locally owned custom home and remodeling firm. They are awesome at what they do and they will help you whatever your problem is. So just remember that name, the Kingston Group, and give them a call and ask them what you got going on. D. Good. Yes. Eyeball emoji for the giveaway on thursday it's that we're not going to give it away on thursday we get to announce it finally on thursday which i'm super 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 excited about so sinkers beverages and the kingston group all right who needs otas the most practice of course begins on monday and then it's on tuesday and then there's like a day off and then it's like the 25th and then there's like some days off and then they're back and then there's a break and then there's like mini camp. so what is it that you are most looking forward to who are the people that need this practice need to stand out at this practice the most on this Tennessee Titans roster in 2023?
1: Woo. Um, uh, you know, I've been thinking about this question for pretty much all day. And I'm like, I got a list of like 20 players that desperately need OTAs. Uh, basically the only people that don't need is Ryan Tannehill, Derek Henry. Yeah. I think that's pretty Kevin much. Byard. <laughs> well, Kevin <laughs> Byer may not even show up. Who knows? Um, uh, we haven't got confirmation he's there. I don't know if he's had a walkout video, but we know Derek Henry has. Um, and yeah, you can throw Kevin Byer to Jeffrey Simmons in there. I mean, Denico yeah, yeah. Autry, he doesn't need. So there's like five players <laughs> that don't need OTAs. And um, it's, it's, it's in a, it. I call it in this little scroll that we have going down. What do you need to pay attention to in the start, in this start to an already pivotal offseason? So like this is an already a, <laughs> Pivotal offseason for the Tennessee Titans Because fork in the road We're at a crossroads, whatever you want to call it That's what the Titans Have said that they are at That's what they've shown that they're at They're kind of like Half foot half foot in, half foot out You know, of the, the rebuild Restart, whatever, glow up Blow up, whatever you want to call it So like, it's pivotal for everybody Right? Like, you, all your Second rounder, or second year Rookies well, I guess they're not rookies, but your second-year players, I think they're at the top of the list. NPF uh-huh. has got to look improved. Roger McCreary has to look in shape. Same with the Traylon Burks, the same with Chicka Like Those four guys are starters. So those four guys are second-year starters, and I guess let's just start there. Traylon Burks has to stay out available at every OTAs because the first time they do a little mystery – illness and they don't say, well, we're only going to talk about the players that are out there today instead of saying, hey, we just gave him a veteran rest day is going to keep it open for speculation. Nobody needs a stellar start to the offseason in front of the media more than Traylon Burks.
0: Yeah, the two categories like you i have kind of been thinking about this, like trying to organize it. And of the 53, there's like seven that that this isn't that important to so yeah. like for, for like 46 of them are pretty important. <laughs> And, and I, I, the two, I kind of bucketed them, I bucketed them, bucket, bucketed them into Dropped two them categories. In yeah. Easy for me to say into two big categories. One was second year players. Absolutely. Yeah. Like at the top of the list, I completely agree some more than others, but, but certainly second year players need to show the, 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 progress that you normally get from year one to year two, a grasp. And especially with a new system and a new offense, uh, rebuild on the fly is another term that I like to use. I think is they're, they're trying to do a rebuild on the fly, which sometimes works brilliantly and sometimes doesn't work at all. It certainly is more doable in the NFL than any other sport. But the other bucket is sort of like they signed a lot of new players. So the new players need to acclimate quickly, but I think they're also re- They're not like young players. They're not rookies, but they're also not like 34 year old veterans either. There's a lot of like youth. In yeah. I some think Bradskill's
1: the oldest. He's about right.
0: 29.
1: Right. So like,
0: maybe I'm not as worried about him, but Ar- Arden Key, Aziz Alshair, um, you know, the names that they brought in, the young, Chris, I would even put Chris Moore into this category, just new veterans and second year players were the two categories that I kept landing on. There's another, ca- like,
1: I got another category for you. I-, I know
0: there's another category and it's like busted up dudes. <laughs> well, to, <laughs> no, not, to me, to
1: me, it's they're not like- practicing. To me, it's your your Monty Rice category. Like Monty Rice Dylan Raidens, the holdovers from bad draft classes that have still stuck around, Racy McMath. I mean, you go go through that list of people that are still on this team from the that 2020-2021 draft class. I mean, hell, throwing Christian Fulton in there. Christian Fulton, Elijah Molden, Monty Rice, Rashad Weaver, um, uh, Racy McMath. I mean, that that's is Caleb Farley. I mean, essentially, Dylan Radins, I mean, the list goes on that there are still holdovers from two pretty bad draft classes that have failed to contribute on a consistent year-to-year basis out of those guys. And that's like one other bucket. It's like you're inconsistent, often injured, underwhelming previous draft class that are still employed.
0: (laughs) Just rolls off the tongue. Yeah. Um, No, I and actually, it's funny that you say the names that you did because a lot of those guys, I would say, were like, part of the reasons they I want to see them playing well or doing well or even if they're on the side it is because of the injuries it is because Dil- it, Dylan Raidens, Caleb Far, Elijah Molden so many injuries like Monty Rice dealt with a lot of injuries so far it, like even Fulton I don't, I don't I think we can get into this I think this is an interesting discussion because I don't think like Rashad Weaver not a ton of injuries but a guy who's like battling for a position right Christian Fulton, yeah. I don't think, is
1: battling for a position. No. He's got to stay healthy, and he's got to prove sure. he's – he's got a lot to prove this year. I mean, it's it's a it, – they're basically making a decision on what he is for this team, not only for this year, but for next year and beyond. And, you know, if he starts getting hamstring and cramps and groin injuries all through uh, the offseason – you're talking about a guy that's already been brought up for those things by the head coach twice named called out that it's important that he like Traylon Burks goes through the off season without a hitch. All right. Let me, let me ask you sort of in a different
0: way then. Cause I do want to kind of go back to, I agree with you in Burks that Burks, can just kind of shut everybody up by just doing the regular thing for a couple. And, of and, weeks.
1: And, and really, it's about shutting the media up, right? Like, right, right, right. At this, this is how many times y'all get to go for OTAs? Just this one day I this think week? It's,
0: I think it's just Tuesday. I think.
1: Okay, so, so. You, they got one day for all these guys to make a good impression. And if the Titans decide to hold out Traylon Burks on That's- Tuesday when the media is there and they don't give you all a reason, fire raining down from the heavens onto St. Thomas sports park and on (laughs) the airwaves, just like just dragons spewing flame and fire and vitriol because they, you guys need it. Like not only does he need it and the Titans need it, but they all need like Traylon Burks needs to perform out in front of you guys.
0: Yes. I I agree. I also would not put it past for able to troll all of us fans and media included to not have him out there. Again, I I think he will be, but I'm just saying in general, it's been, I've seen moments where I felt like, yeah, I think Vrabel's doing this on purpose. The problem with that that is, I don't think, I think he knows this if he thought about it. But generally, when he does that, it's good for us in the media. It drives clicks, it gets traffic, it drives interest. It it creates a talking point and a storyline that we get to argue about. It's
1: not the talking point you should want. I agree. I agree. If you're if you're really trolling, if Mike Vrabel's really trolling, which I do think that he does troll sometimes, this is not the narrative you want out there. No, that's true at all about a player that hurts the player more than it you know pokes fun at the media.
0: Well, and it puts a lot of pressure on the player to right. perform when when they when he when he is more visible in camp and we're and the practice is open every day and we're watching everything all the time. Um, I, I'll say so. I think the guys like the second year players. Very important to show growth. New new uh, free agents, really important to get acclimated. But I don't think any of the second-year players or the new players are in danger of getting, let's say, getting cut. Like the big-name guys, like the, the top three or four draft picks. And then, you know, Dillard, Key, Alshair, like Brunskill. Those guys aren't going to get cut. I don't think Christian Fulton is in any danger of getting cut. Like, he's not going to not make the 53 at the end of camp. But he could get traded. Maybe, but again, I'm I'm just saying what he does in this in this week of practice and like next week. Let's say in two weeks, if he doesn't, if he's not perfect or great or up to speed, like he's not getting cut. But, no, what can but happen- if he
1: gets injured, that's a huge sure. issue. I mean, sure, that's but- that's what we got. We're talking about what to watch for. Christian Fulton needs to be out there full strength, one hundred percent, not getting injured.
0: Okay, you can convince me on that part. I got no problem with that. What I'm saying is, what I think is like a player like Rashad Weaver. A player like I'm trying to think, like Racy. I mean Rashad Weaver's making the team. I think so too. But if you go one step below him, and you start to look at other players, like whether it's Jamarco Jones, whether it's Racy McMath, as you mentioned, Monty Rice, like there's a handful of guys uh, that I think you're not going to get cut this week. But you can begin to put in the coaches' minds that if you don't have a good mini camp and you don't have a good training camp, well, he wasn't good in OTAs either that gives us three sort of bullet points of like, well, this guy probably isn't going to make the team. So like, you can't lose your roster spot this week, but you pick, you can begin to put your, yourself in the coach's mind in the wrong spot. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, I don't think that's possible for Rashad Weaver. I don't think that's possible for the second year players. I don't think that's possible for the, the free agents or, you don't know. Re-has I mean, like, like I here.
1: mean, do you think Monty rice is a lock for this team just because there's nobody behind him, I guess he's a great
0: debate. I would say he's not a lock for the team if he puts together a terrible OTA, a terrible mini camp, and a terrible training camp. Could he be in danger of losing a spot? Maybe. But I just think it's it's it kind of starts now for those types of guys. Like the yeah. last ten spots on the roster, it starts now. For guys that are in that next ten, right? Let's say spots thirty through forty. It's important. But it's not as like Rashad Weaver's not is not going to miss the team in my in my opinion. Christian is no, not going to miss the team. Um be
1: a massive shock for those two <laughs> to to miss the team. Um, good question by D. Good by the way about the court yeah, case. Yeah, I mean that's that? that's really going to be up. I mean, I guess he would have to get be found guilty, but include jail time because if it's guilty with community service, this team's probably just going to like yeah whatever. And the NFL is probably not going to be doing things. So I mean, like, it, it's going to have to be guilty with consequences from the court. Yeah. It's yeah. Not gonna, yeah. It, if there's if he's found innocent or the charges are dropped, you know, it doesn't really matter. Uh, unfortunately, for something like that in, in the NFL world, um, but like, you know, I, I I'm also interested to see the green dot, right? Like. Obviously David Long was the green dot is Aziz Alshair should be the guy that takes over the green dot, but he's a totally new person in a totally new system. That's important for this defense. And that's, that's I think out of all the, all the free agent signings, right? We know what Arden key is. We know where Daniel Brunskill slotted. We know Sean Murphy Bunting is going to be somewhere on the team. As far as on the field, at some point doesn't matter If he's with the ones or with the twos, probably not with his contract, but it all matters for Aziz Al Alshair for him to step into the leadership role, which he seems very well qualified for to put on the green dot, be able to communicate with 10 other people that he's really never worked with before outside of maybe Arden Key for like a few defensive series back in when they were both on San Francisco.
0: No, I, I agree. I think the the green dot quarterback of the defense making all the calls, for those that don't know, of course, uh, with the communication to Shane Bowen, I think I completely agree with you. Of all of the free agents, like right guard who's 29 years old, you plug him in and you're done. You don't worry yeah. about it. Um, Arden Key, you sort of know exactly what he is. He's not necessarily being asked to be the number one guy at his position, but he's amongst the t- two or three guys in a rotation. You know what he is. Um, I, I think, you know, I I, I think Sean, <laughs> Sean Murphy. Bunting's signing, I think, is really good. <laughs> like, yeah, I, and I don't know about you, but I'm. I think, I think we've talked about this before, but I think while it's not super, and and Dillard, of course, where he, I think he's going to be your left tackle, yeah. and and, and your left he, left guard. Yeah, but we need to see what he can do. Like, I need to see how he fits in and everything. And, and you're not going to learn much, but you could start to lose a position in OT. You can't win your position in OTAs, but you can start to lose it again. It's all about setting an expectation in the coach's mind who you are as a player on this roster um and i want to get to the, the willis thing in, in in just a second but am i crazy for thinking that this free agent class is way better than like the national conversation thinks it is like i, I know it's not big names and a lot of money but like each one of these guys i feel pretty comfortable that shair is going to be pretty good at middle linebacker i feel pretty comfortable that brunskill is going to be pretty good at right guard i feel pretty comfortable that Key is a good number two pass rusher behind landry like i I feel pretty comfortable about all these guys kind of stepping in and upgrading some positions. I mean, the depth at the corner is better because of what they've got now. I, I don't know. I, maybe I'm crazy for that.
1: Yeah. That, no, I don't, I don't think you're crazy at all. I I've, you know, I talked about Arden key and Daniel Brunskill, uh, before free agency even started as possible people to bring in and what they could do for this team. I've been a big proponent and big fan of Danny Bruns, uh, for a while. And, you know mike is like well there's no way he's as good as nate davis and i'm like well he's different than nate davis but he's better pass protector than nate davis is i mean that's just facts uh is he a better run blocker no but nate davis can't stay healthy you know that matters and you know what good is a guy when he can't be on the field and be relied on to be in the game and you know he he's was not a good pass protector. Nate Davis was not a good pass protector, except for maybe, I guess that would have been the 2020 year. He was really, really good. Other than that, he's been a glorified run blocker. And yes, he's been the best play, best offensive lineman, but like, look at what he was competing against. Really to me, yeah. Ben Jones yeah. has always been by far in away the best offensive yes. lineman. Yes. Uh, Nate Davis would be the number two, but you know, based on last year, it wasn't that hard to be as to look good comparatively, but he still was not good pass protecting. And that's what this team has missed. And Daniel Brunskill is going to be, you're not going to miss a beat at the right guard spot. In fact, you should see improvement in the pass protecting. So to me, the long way to say is that Mike is wrong, but also you're right <laughs> on, um, uh, about this free agency class.
0: Let's just make sure everything always comes back to Mike Herndon is wrong. Uh, there's he's, no, he's there's just, no question. He
1: has not been right about one thing so far.
0: You can listen to him on football and other efforts every week. From 440 Sports with Zach Lyons and Mike Herndon. Uh, of course, brought to you by Bluegrass Beverages, which is also sister store of Sinker's Beverages, which brings you this show. So make sure you sign up for go into either one of those stores, Bluegrass up there in Hendersonville, Sinker's and East. By the way, you can you can search Uber Eats for Sinker's Beverages; they will deliver the booze directly to your house. Zach, they'll drive, so you can drink uh, two in a row. Uh, and of course, uh, Kingston Group buildkg.com, uh, Nashville's locally owned custom home and remodeling firm, award winning, I might add. In fact, both of our sponsors are award winning. Zach's hosts an award winning podcast with Mike Herndon. Uh, I don't know how what we got to do to get a fucking award on this show, but but damn, uh, Kingston Group award winning Sinkers Beverages, of course, the 2022 liquor store of the year in East Nashville. Um, and because Stoney agreed with me on this last point I just made. Uh, I will remind everyone that football and other F words is an award winning podcast. I'll just, point, I'll just point that out there. Um, so I, obviously the quarterbacks are going to be a huge conversation point, And we're going to talk a lot about Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill and what they can do, if anything to keep their careers as Titans going past 2023. Uh, but obviously Willis and, and Levis are a part of this too. Like uh, the rookies, how they function, how they feel, Josh Wiley. I mean, there's a lot of things that I want to see. Skaronski, we think is penciled in as a starting left guard. Like, there's a lot. The rookies are almost as important as the second year players as well. So I I don't know what you expect to see from Will Levis. I don't know what you're looking for out of Will Levis. I think.
1: I mean, I'm just looking for someone to be better than what Willis was last year. Out of Will Levis, yeah. like that shouldn't be hard. <laughs> um, and really, I am. Wanting Will Levis or uh, Malik Willis to also look better than he did last year, but b- better for him is totally different than better than Willis for Levis. So let, let's let's go yes. through on that real quick. Essentially, Willis needs to be as good as Levis is at the start of OTAs, heading into training camp. They need to be like on equal footing because Levis is by far. Way more prepared as a rookie than what Willis was. Now, if he comes in and stinks it up, then Willis definitely has to be better than Will Levis because it clearly shows that Levis is not ready. So it's very important right now. You can guarantee I guarantee you they're keeping three quarterbacks. I think. Oh yeah, where yeah, yeah. where Rand Carthon came from, and what he saw happen down the line they're not going to risk letting someone like Malik Willis, if he shows tremendous amount of improvement, and and that does not mean that Malik Willis is competing for Ryan Tannehill because there is nobody competing with Ryan Tannehill. Let's be very clear. We're not going to fall into that trap. There is nobody competing
0: quarterback with Ryan co- Tannehill. Quarterback competition? Yeah. Question mark?
1: Yeah, so Willis <laughs> needs to look exceptional enough to be kept. Because if he doesn't, he will be on the road, and they'll find a different third quarterback. Because or they'll risk you know him being lost to the practice squad.
0: So uh, D. Good, a couple quick questions here. Bayard can wear the green dot. I think anybody can wear the green dot on defense, but only one player can wear the green dot. It's just who communicates. To I mean, the Bayard's coaches also have,
1: you know got shipped to OTAs.
0: Well, that's also uh, a point. I'm just saying it. Legally, any yeah. any one defensive player can wear the green dot. Generally, the middle linebacker is making the calls on the defense, so right. that's why they that's why they generally wear it. Um, but a safety could probably do that as well. There's plenty of great safeties that are qualified. He he is certainly one of them. Um, and he said he listened to the Kuiper Pod, great stuff. Thank you, we appreciate that. Go listen, Lamestream Sports. He basically said, and I asked him, what is the difference in the evaluation of Will Levis coming out of college and Malik Willis? Why were they so different? Right? Because like some of the things that people. If you look at them, both big, strong arms, both athletic, you know, certainly one is a very different size than the other, uh, but sort of like making mistakes, right? Throwing the football like there's are, there is some overlap in their evaluation. And, and what Mel Kuyper said during that interview, I recommend going and listening to it, is that they just never were graded out in the same place in, in the NFL's mind. Like Levis was a mid to high first round pick. Certainly he fell. Willis was a late first, second, late second round pick. He fell into the third. He was always going to need time. Levis doesn't need as much time for a lot of different reasons. And so the question is how big I want to see one of the most important things I'm looking at is how big is the gap right now today? Like how big is the gap when they both take the same rep? How big is the gap? I know what the gap was in my mind when I saw Willis for the first time at rookie camp last year. And when I saw him from Willis again, just one practice against air, no pads, but I could see a difference. Even just with footwork, you could see a difference. So how do they look next to each other? Running the same drill, I think, is important. And how does Malik Willis look differently from last year, I think is, is what you're saying as well. Like how much, how far has he come? How much has he progressed? And has he closed the gap? Because I agree, and we'll get to this. This kind of transitions us a little bit into the next topic that I, I do not think anyone is taking Ryan Tannehill's job if he's healthy. F- like, end of discussion. But I don't think Ryan Tannehill is here longer than 17 more games or one regular season. I think he is, they are not in the Ryan Tannehill business anymore.
1: They have drafted a quarterback before we get to that. Yeah. There's two things that you could start to see from OTAs. One of them, Brandon Carner brings up Tier Tart status. Is he going to show up? Because that's important for for everybody to pay attention to. Because if he's doing a little holdout, that will probably end poorly for him. And then. It's something that we we haven't really talked about nobody's really touched on, but we're working on uh, the brain trust of me, Trey, and Stoney are kind of like popping around ideas about this. What is Shane Bowling without Jim Schwartz? What is this defense without Jim Schwartz? Nobody's talking about it. And you're going to get your first glimpse of is the wide nine still going to be used as what it was last year? What's this defense going to look like? How smoothly is the communication from the sideline to the players. And because there are a few new pieces. So just something, two little things to keep in mind before we move on to that other uh, no, I'm, this I'm, topic.
0: I'm really glad you brought that up because defense statistically is far more difficult to replicate from year to year for, for a variety of reasons. But statistically offense is far easier to replicate from year to year based in large part around the quarterback. But in theory, this defensive personnel is not all that different over the last three or four years. It's, it's largely the same people calling the plays or at least in, in some form or fashion designing and calling the plays. And they've had some very, very different results right over the course of the last three or four years. And so I agree. I think losing Schwartz is a huge factor. Um, And I don't think we've talked about it enough. And I think you're right to bring it up. Uh, But as, as Brandon brings up as well, Titans new DB coach, Chris Harris, also could be a huge X factor. Almost every position group has a new coach. Almost every single one. So
1: there's a lot a of lot of cooks out on that field, right? Like, I can't wait <laughs> to see what the structure of a practice where people are having to communicate with players and who's, like, where is, is Coach Pat, which I feel like he's going to be, constantly following Will Levis and Malik Willis as passing game coordinator, whereas Ryan Tannehill's just doing his thing over here without any need for one. Like, that's going to be interesting to see these new dynamics play. You know, is it like, a is it too many cooks or just a right amount? Well, so here's what's interesting. I can just tell you what you would see last
0: year. You would see, and Tim Kelly worked a lot with the tight ends, but he was also kind of like at a distance from the quarterbacks, right? He was always around, but he was kind of like back. And it looked like he was more overseeing the offense. They'd go into seven on seven, they'd go into team drills, whatever it might be. And Kelly, it'd always be, you know, downing O'Hare, Kelly with O'Hare s- attached to the quarterbacks, downing just sort of yelling at everybody. And then you'd have, you'd have Kelly kind of just lingering. <laughs> he would just always. He's always just kind of around in the background, like, oh, talking to this guy. Okay. He's coming off in between reps. We're going to talk to him about something. He was always just kind of around. And it'll be interesting to see because I don't think O'Hare's role changes much. I think he just stays right there with the quarterbacks, working on the drills, working on the quarterbacks, talking to the quarterbacks. What'd you see? What'd you not see? Where was your progression? You know, where was your pre snap key, et cetera? It'll be interesting to see because Todd Downing was very vocal. Very vocal guy at practice. You could always tell where Todd Downing was. I'd be interesting to see where what Tim Kelly's style is and what he does in these situations. So just just worth mentioning all the cooks and where they're going to be. We'll, we'll have some analysis for you on Thursday, along with our great announcement of our giveaway from Sinkers Beverages. Kingston Group, also a great sponsor as well. Uh, I never thought Malik Willis was not going to be on the team.
1: Oh, I think there was a good chance that he would not make the team because, I mean, you just don't keep a guy just to keep a guy if he's not going to be any good. Unless, well, that, uh,
0: yes, if he's terrible and they're out on him and they don't right. like him, then sure, they well, cut him. We That's know fine.
1: they don't like him, so he's going to have to – he has a harder hill to climb than probably any backup quarterback has ever had to climb to stick on the 53. Like, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty – he's got – pretty steep expectations of him and you know i would assume that this pretty much guarantees that he makes the 53 but you know we'll see he, so so the only reason i say
0: that and the new rule i agree with you I'm all but guarantees it but here's the reason i would say that i think you're going to see progress and growth because i think he's a hard-working kid uh i think you're going to see it is it good enough to be a starting quarterback in the nfl no idea probably not but that's not that's not the point the point is are you going to see progress and growth i think so the, the key for me is, and this spins us into the next conversation, which is what does Ryan Tannehill or Derrick Henry have to do to keep on this team longer than just 2023? Both their contracts are up. Titans can get out of both contracts. You guys know all the contract details. I don't think we really need to like bring up any of the contract details. But to me, it, there, is a, there is clearly a succession plan with Will Levis. Ryan Tannehill is not this. I don't know if there is anything Ryan Tannehill can actually do to keep himself on this roster in 2024, in which case you may want to have the Levis Willis thing for a longer period of time. Maybe he's just your backup plan for the next eight years. And if that's what he is, okay, he's pretty talented backup then. So to me, it's, he's more likely to make the roster because of the new rule, but he's also more likely to make the roster because I think they know this is it for Tannehill. Is there anything in your mind that Ryan Tannehill can do that, that is, makes it a smart business decision to pay him, extend him, whatever, and keep Will Levis on the bench. I I cannot come up with a scenario in which it is smart business to keep Will Levis on the bench for two seasons.
1: Well, I think I think the first thing would be, what did Will Levis show you behind the scenes? Like, if you want to know how Tannehill sticks around, did Will (laughs) Levis show you enough? Is he I mean, like, because let's say this was all let's say this was the question last year. Let's say last year was Tannehill's final year. And you're talking about Malik Willis versus Ryan Tannehill. And you you're saying, well, there, you know, you can't keep Malik Willis on the bench. Sure, shit, you can. You you may not even make him keep him on the team uh, right now, and you'd be begging for Ryan Tannehill to stay. Now, I have the utmost faith that Will Levis will probably show enough progress and growth that they'll at least give him a shot. But if Ryan Tannehill goes and wins a playoff game or two, and likely he would need two to make it to the championship game, and Will Levis is just okay behind the scenes. He's not really that great. I could see them doing a short-term deal for Ryan Tannehill. Because Ryan Tannehill is not yeah. going to command that much money. Cause I don't think there's a long-term viability to Ryan Tannehill for any team. And nobody wanted him at 27 million. So <laughs> nobody's going to want him next year for Technically, more because that's what everybody will say. Well, he can get the quarterback market, blah blah blah. If the quarterback market is so hot, someone would have traded for him at twenty seven million. Nobody's going to do that next year. So here, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So here's a quick, a quick, just, and and I'm not. This don't go crazy, folks. I'm not suggesting that Will Levis is Patrick Mahomes, but Alex Smith was a Pro Bowler, thirty three years old, had the highest quarterback rating in the entire NFL, and led his team to the playoffs, and they traded his ass. So I, I, I'm just saying there is precedent. Oh yeah, I mean like I'm not
1: yeah. I mean I think
0: everybody knows that. I don't. I don't think what I'm saying is if he wins those two playoff games, I think he's gone. I I, now it it has
1: to be it has to be Levis has shown enough to give you exactly what Ryan Tannehill just gave you. Because if Ryan Tannehill got you to the AFC Championship game and you got a hundred million dollars sitting in the bank. Aren't you thinking? Okay, we can push off Levis for one more year, and we can go get a fucking Super Bowl next year. Oh God,
0: jeez, man, um,
1: that's smart business in my mind. Okay, okay,
0: all right. No, I'm saying? no, no, no. I, I, I follow you. It has Levis, to. Be too-
1: I get it. There's a difference between Patrick Mahomes being Patrick Mahomes and Will Levis being Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. <laughs> yes,
0: and Andy Reid being an offensive wizard that knows exactly what he has like in right. the first moment before he even drafted him, he knew what he had. So I think I think it has to be the two things. It has to be Ryan Tannehill has the best season of his career or at least matches the 2019 or 2020 version of himself. And you are seeing Malik Willis from Will Levis. Right? Mm-hmm. Like you you have to see a guy that clearly doesn't have it. And you have to see the best possible version for the and then and then it's what a 2-year deal with a 1-year out.
1: Yeah, I mean it's not going to be that expensive of a deal because like I said, his market is cold. And if his yeah. market was any kind of hot, he, w- someone would have went ahead and got ahead of the quarterback market and the quarterback. And I'm doing quotation marks for the podcast listeners, the quarterback market of 2024. And Oh, every, the, every free agent quarterback is going to get paid more than the, the previous one. Not Ryan yeah. Tannehill. Cause this is the time to do it. So I don't know. Like I, I guess maybe the, the Falcons, could swoop in and make some big payment if, like, maybe Ritter gets some like nine and eight, but they're it's kind of like Ritter got drug to nine and eight. Like, they could come in and say, Okay, we're going to pay big bucks for Ryan Tannehill. We're going to win. We're going to make it to the Super Bowl. I don't know. Like, to me, it will Levis has to show or has to show enough that they are convinced that next year they have Ryan Tannehill 2.0 minimal. Yep. yep.
0: If I, so I'm a big believer that the Falcons are going to take a jump. I, I really like, the I, Falcons. I, I
1: think they're going to take a jump. Now I think the Titans are going to beat them, but I think they're going to take a jump.
0: <laughs> uh, totally. They got to buy like, the timing of the schedule helps the Titans in that situation, but they know how to run the ball. They've got a nice offensive, nice offensive scheme with art Smith. They've really re- racked up a lot of talent. It almost seems too obvious for them not to go get Ryan Tannehill in the offseason next year. Like it seems stupid for them not to even be in the market this season for a trade. Now, maybe the trade was, that was part of them. Stockpiling talent is they, they still are not, they're not there yet. They're not ready, but I think they are going to, I think you're right. That the team is going to carry an inexperienced quarterback to like nine wins. And then they're going to be very much in the, all right, we need the guy now. Mm-hmm. And, and and I really like that Atlanta team. I, I think they're going to be really interesting. I don't think they're great. I don't think they're like playoff team necessarily, but I think they're going to be pretty good.
1: Well, they're a playoff team this year, just based on the sheer fact oh. that their division is just putrid.
0: Well, and the quarterback play in the, in the NFC continues to get worse every year. I mean, yeah. all the best players drafted in the, in the NFC. Well, I the think trades, I wrote about NFC.
1: Yeah. So today uh, I cover, I talk about stacking the inbox.com. I talk about the Atlanta Falcons game. And one of the storylines to watch is, is Ryan Tannehill going to be a Falcon or a Titan? <laughs> Like, which one is he going to be? Is it pre-deadline? That's right. It is pre-deadline. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, at this, at this point, you know, you got your (laughs) post-June first trades, you got, you know, before the trade deadline, but at the end of the day, if Desmond Ritter isn't showing the, that next jump by, you know, July, August, they could totally still trade for Ryan Tannehill. It's not off the board. Uh, if they feel that this team is just right there, they could still trade for Ryan Tannehill because right now, you look at that landscape. You have the NFC South unlocked. Like, you cannot convince me that the Falcons are not winning the N- NFC South. You bring in Ryan Tannehill among the NFC quarterbacks. He's like number five or number six. He's like a top five quarterback in the NFC. But but
0: to your point, they are the cle- – like, I agree. This Falcons team with Ryan Tannehill are the clear-cut frontrunner to win the division. and host well, They're
1: the play- clear-cut frontrunner right now. Right. But if Ritter sucks, that can derail the entirety of this season. And they've spent a lot of money this season. Here, here's the Here's the
0: problem is that they're in such similar situations – they're like, Ryan Tannehill really does dictate both of their futures this year. And it's like, right. I don't think the Titans have, I don't think Will Levis is ready yet. Now, maybe, maybe I'm wrong on this and, and we'll find this out maybe this week, maybe next week, maybe in minicamp. I don't know that, that to your point of what we've learned about Will Levis behind the scenes is that he is enough to do X, Y, or Z. And if they, and if he's good enough for them to get to like six or seven wins, then I think you're probably better off trading Tannehill and getting some capital out of the deal but if you think that there's a chance you can get to 10 wins with Ryan Tannehill, you know, I'm not picking that because I I do agree with Mike Herndon on this, as I've heard on award winning we'll podcast, as I've heard on an award winning podcast, football and other efforts, that this roster for the Titans, while I think it's better than what Mike thinks, I still think it is like a lower third roster of the NFL. I think it's like the 23rd, 22nd best roster in the NFL. 24. I don't think it's bad but I don't think it's above average. And so I think that pieces have to hit for that Rashad Weaver and Elijah Molden and like some of these guys that Mm -hmm. they need to be good. Some of
1: those guys you just named do not matter to the big scheme of things. They just matter as role players and stuff like they now they could matter if other players get injured, but they don't matter on the outset when you're looking at the schedule.
0: What I mean is, is I think they've got a lot of talent, like one to 20 on the roster. Let's say you only need 22, but, but, you know, you, you need you need 47 or whatever to win
1: championships. I, what I think is, oh, no, I uh, let, let's be clear. It's not a championship winning team. No, no, I know what I'm saying is, is they I'm could go about, uh, You only need 20 to be a 10 win team. Uh,
0: I don't know. Maybe you're right. Uh, either way, I think they go from the t- if if the middle of the roster is much better than we think. And some of those young players develop second, third year players. Some guys stay healthy players 20 to 40 they if they are significantly better than we think i think that's where the roster goes from like 22nd in the nfl to like 14th in the nfl and if you're 14th in the nfl then you win 10 games you can host a playoff game you can win a division and you've got a good shot to be challenged i got them people.
1: at five and four already and through the first like uh, nine games i guess you could say um all got the it. way to week 10 where they play uh tampa bay and they just destroyed tampa bay because let me say something now that we're on the subject of Tampa Bay and 10 wins, you set across from me, maybe either in person or you know, across Zoom, and tried to tell me that Baker Mayfield is a good quarterback and that he would be good enough on this team that you should maybe move on from Ryan Tanhill for someone like Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield was the dead last efficient quarterback, the least efficient quarterback. Out of out of th- quarterbacks that played 320 uh, passing plays, he was one of the worst last year, and that was with Sean McVay. And he has flamed out with now four different offensive head coaches. So uh, this also circles me back to suck on that you defensive head coaches can't develop quarterbacks <laughs> because he he Sean McVay couldn't get anything out of him. No, and he, now he's coming down to Tampa Bay, and I don't care if it's him. I don't care if it's Kyle Trask by the time that Tampa Bay game is over is five and four for the Tennessee Titans. And they are looking good to get five more wins to get double digit wins. I, I do love
0: the back half of the schedule. I, I think you said five and four. Mike Herndon said two and seven. I am in between you two, just for the record. I am in between you two. I don't think five and four, but I don't think two and seven. So I'm kind of in four and five or three and six territory. Well, what, it was what, three what and I three said. And
1: he was like one and five or something, you know, at the, the, <laughs> yeah, he like, was very,
0: he was very idiot. pessimistic. Yeah.
1: It's the stupidest I, fucking shit. What
0: I would like to say about Baker Mayfield is I think he would have been a, if, the, if you traded Ryan Tannehill and had not drafted Will Levis yet, which was the case at the time of the conversation, that if you're looking for a stopgap cheap quarterback free agent on the rental market for a year uh, of the names, Sam Darnold or whoever, Teddy Bridgewater, name name and name, name. I Baker Mayfield's fine to me because the, yeah, yeah, su- yeah. the, the point is to the point is kind of to suck a little bit. So like I was fine with Baker Mayfield. That's what I was trying to say. Of all the names. Of all the names. Okay. Now, what I've done personally in my journey through this, how do you get to 2024? I think you've laid out pretty well how Tannehill can do it. That's a really small, narrow window in my mind. AFC-ish championship game good. And Will Levis has shown you that he's terrible. I think that's a pretty small window of probability, honestly. I think the the truth of the matter is Will Levis will show them enough that he is their guy next year. But they're not going to know exactly what he is and that Tannehill was good enough to be the best quarterback on the team this year and to win some games and to maybe make the playoffs but is easily time to move on like that's the most likely probability. Derrick Henry, however, I have come around on this and I don't you I need to ask you the contract situation on this because the I could see value for both Derrick Henry and the Titans at 29 years old if he can produce let's say 80% of what he did last year on a per game, per carry, per touch basis. I could see a a year or two of more production as a package deal in the backfield for Derrick Henry. The question is, is he willing to come down off his price point? And if that happens, I could see him playing two more
1: years for the Titans. Maybe three. What is the price point, I guess, that you you think he's going to get or that he's thinking? Because, again, much much like Ryan Tannehill... 10-5 Ten five is all it took to for some team to trade him, take on that contract, and do a quick, a little small extension, and that number comes down, and you got a manageable contract with an, one of the premier running backs in this league. And and don't overvalue. Like, <laughs> let me say something. Just because Derrick Henry is the one of the Titans' greats, he should not overvalue right now his own self worth. Now. I, too, have come around to this idea Hmm. that possibly Henry is going to be here because I feel like there's a money move, a trade move to be made. I still think likely it's with Kevin Byard of some form or fashion, but I feel like there's a money move to be made. And I think that just because they drafted Tajay Spears in the third, it would not be the worst thing in the world to still do a extension that keeps him keeps Derek Henry here to at least 2026. And it doesn't have to be a big one and it shouldn't be a big one. And it means what it means though, is that you're keeping one of the best players at that position. You got a guy that in Ty Spears, that is still getting acclimated this year. That is going to get better next year. And you can add some kind of premier weapon next year in some form or fashion to Derrick Henry, two Traylon Burks, to Conquo, two Tajani two Spears, to Josh Wiley for Will Levis and Will Levis and this offensive line, which what it should be as a pass protection unit, plus Derrick Henry next year is a good thing for this team. Now, If you're a guy that's like me, that struggles with paying running backs and wanting this offense to be entirely different, (laughs) not a good thing. But it's a smart move, especially if Derrick Henry now a year removed. He played all, all the games last year, and he's a year removed from an injury. He's still going strong. He still is a freak athlete. If anybody can get a thousand yards o- over 30 at 30 years old, it's going to be him. And in fact, I'd put money. that he's probably going to get 1500 yards. Then it'd be smart to do it now and and lock it in and get it done, get it over with. And you kind of make your fan base happy too, for the most part. So, uh, you know, how we talk
0: about players taking hometown discounts, air quotes, right? Hometown discounts. Yeah. I, I think there's a hometown tax here that that could be worth paying if you're the titans in a couple of scenarios so let me i'm kind of agreeing with you here on this one number number one derrick henry is worth more to this franchise than any other franchise by a small percentage call it whatever you want call it a goodwill tax call it a a fan face of the franchise tax call it whatever tax you want five ten percent right if he's worth seven million dollars on the open market he's worth eight million dollars here fine I'm okay with understanding that there's a little extra value here because of his value to the franchise, the community, the people, et cetera. At 29, I think he's going to slow down slowly, but surely, but his physical ability will not fall off a cliff as fast as other running backs. So there's another angle. Here's the other one to think about. Why is it that Derrick Henry, I think was, was is still so physically gifted at his age and his years in the league at 29 years old. Because he wasn't abused with 300 plus touches in his first three seasons. Definitely his first two seasons. What is it we are concerned about with Tajay Spears? It is the length of his career being shortened because of the knee, because of usage. Could you extend Tajay Spears' career two years by only giving him X amount of touches in the first couple of years of his career? There's there's a ripple effect to having Derrick Henry here that maybe it doesn't evolve the offense as fast, but it gives you more value out of even Tajay Spears, potentially. So right. I, th- I think you could, and you got a billion dollars in, in cap space in 24, 25, 26. I, I have come around on the, all right, it, it might cost you a few extra dollars, an extra percentage point, whatever that is, 5, 10%, 12%, whatever it might be. He is not worth more than like, I don't know, what do you think? Eight, $9 million in the open market at most? if he goes to the free agency market next year, I don't yeah, think I mean, he gets- at
1: most, I mean, I don't know, probably a little bit less than that, but I mean, that's still, like, if you, if you got him, like, here, here's what I'll say again. Remember, rollover gets to roll over next year, so he's already going to cost you next year $4.7 million in dead cap money, okay? He's costing you this year $16.4 million in cap space. If you go ahead and work it out to where you're taking that four, seven next year and turn it into eight, you know, eight or 10, and then you're doing the following year. Uh, Technically, if you let me let me back up real quick. If you do an extension that takes you through 2026, it will only be two point three or two point four and two point four dead cap hits that are going to carry over into the new contract. So that restructure bonus of 2.4 and 2.4 the next two years, 2024 and 2025 get added into whatever this contract is. So you would be, if you took 2.4 in 2024 and 2.4 in 2025 and turn those into eight and 10 or 10 and eight or eight and six respectively, that's a really good deal for your team and for your franchise and really good for your quarterback while you're taking down your cap hit this year that's going to roll over into next year. Bingo. And I'll say this, you know, like, I know that free agent wide receivers don't, elite free agent wide receivers don't hit the market, but this team is banking on that Traylon Burks is your elite wide receiver. And if he shows that he can be a number one wide receiver this year, you don't need another number one wide receiver. That's a luxury. You can go get other wide receiver pieces or upgrade other parts of the roster that are aging. So in my mind, I feel like this Derrick Henry they've been in discussions with his camp. They've already came out and said that it feels like this contract is going to get touched.
0: I, I, I kind of agree with you. I think the two things that we don't know and only Derrick Henry can answer like by himself in a room, you know, drinking, playing video games and like, you know, whatever he drinks now probably probably like vitamin water or something. Um, and I don't mean like the brand. I mean like actual water filled with like vitamins. Um, how long does he want to play? Because much like, I don't want to say Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson, but like some guys, the amount of work Derrick Henry puts in is off the charts. And if he just reaches a point where he's like, man, I'm 31, you know, two years from now with two more seasons to go, do I really want to try to go out and grind the way I do in the offseason to come back and get 180 touches for like the Arizona Cardinals? Like, I, I could, we just don't know. Maybe he does. Maybe he's just Kinda never like
1: gonna... Ryan Tannehill. The team that I would watch to pay for him to, to make life difficult for the Titans to negotiate in heading into free agency or heading during free agency would be the Buffalo Bills. Just because that's the pe- they that he could ask – They, they, the they. It, maybe James Cook goes off, but they just seem to desperately need a big-time running back of some sort.
0: And and the other the, – so the one factor is how much longer do, is he truly passionate about the amount of work that he puts in because he puts in more work than everybody else, and it's a lot, man. It is a lot, and especially at that position, it's the pay – like, you you pay for it during the season. And number two, is is he trying to just get that big max deal – max, max beat, meaning – how max for him and his age and his size and ability, or is he just sort of like, I'm good on, I've done well with my money. I'm smart. I'm just tired. I'm I'm willing to stay here in Tennessee. I'm still going to make eight or nine or $10 million. I still got a couple more years where I can be at home. I, I'm going to grind it out the way I normally do, but I don't have to go past 32, maybe, maybe 31, maybe just two more years. And all of a sudden he's made a pretty good fortune. He stayed here. He breaks, breaks every single record. He is beloved in the community forever. And he can kind of go out on his own terms at 31 years old, which is still pretty young and still maybe have some of his body intact.
1: Ezekiel or- Elliott is a cautionary tale for Derek Henry. Le'Veon yeah. Bell is a cautionary tale for Derek yeah. Henry. Ezekiel Elliott is still a free agent. Le'Veon Bell played around and overvalued himself. Be ve- Derek Henry, whoever his agent should is, which I believe is like Todd Archer or CA, whatever. CA, yeah. They be very careful. About what you're whispering into Derrick Henry's ear, the the biggest thing is probably yeah I've said the Bills, the Cowboys could be another one being that he does train in Dallas sure as hell of a lot. <laughs> I think you're right. The scariest
0: thing would be a team that's going to win, trying to win a championship now, that needs a big physical presence and has a little bit of cap space. Like one, or there's maybe two or three of those teams, and they could absolutely just swoop in and say yes, we'll give you 11. Where the Titans are like, yeah, we'll give you eight, but we'll do it for three more years. Are you willing to do that? Or nine, or 10, or whatever the number is. But I think it is, if you gave me, all right, here right, we'll, we'll wrap up the conversation on this. Thanks to Sinkers, of course, Beverages, the Kingston Group, all you guys in the comment section. Stony, change your underwear. I got it. Uh, football and other F-words, of course. You got Stack in the Inbox. All kinds of great things to remember. Subscribe, rate, review, and everything. Percentage chance that Derrick Henry is on the 2024 roster in my mind is like it used to be like 20 to 30%. Now it's more like 50-50 in my
1: mind. Oh, I'm a little higher. I think it's 60%. I'm thinking like 60 or 70% is that he's going to be on this team because more than likely Derrick Henry is going to continue to be the unicorn that he is, and he is going to start going off this (laughs) year, and he's going to have every opportunity – to prove the doubters wrong because there ain't nobody to really throw to.
0: What's interesting about if he goes off this year is it sort of fucks up everything we just talked about. <laughs> if he, if he goes off, then he's going to feel like he can make more money. And well, still that's why I think that they're go not going to
1: wait until the off season. I think something's going to happen. I like I, I, something's going to happen between now and the trade deadline. Okay. So there's going to be an extension or he's already going to be off the team. I, I
0: think. I think I'm with you. I'm even probably willing to go 60-40 on the team in 2024. I think I'm still at 50-50. But Tannehill, 5% chance he's on the team in 2024. I think it is a very, very, very slim percentage. Yeah, I'm I'm with you.
1: I would probably, unless he decides that, hey, I just really love Nashville. I really love being around my family. You know, I'll take a discount, and I'll be your backup quarterback because Malik Willis stinks. And that's (laughs) a way that he could be on the team, just not as a starter. There's there's
0: too many NFL teams a that guy that's just steady for Ryan Tannehill to be like yeah I'll I'll make eight million dollars I don't know I, I
1: I still think that you know he's like this could be his last season altogether I I I
0: I think there's an almost zero percent chance he is on the Titans in 2024 I think we are closer to fifty fifty for Henry that's my personal guess yeah. that's just my personal guess
1: Oh I'm I'm with you I mean I'm 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 way below I'm like five percent with you I'm I'm right yeah. there.
0: <laughs> uh other than that tune in on thursday we will announce our very cool giveaway from sinkers beverages go into the sinkers beverages sign up for the in crowd bluegrass and Hendersonville. sign up for the in crowd the only way you're going to be eligible for this prize is going to be if you're signed up for the in crowd so don't tell anybody that we didn't tell you this because we've told you this a bunch of times sign up for the in crowd uh really cool uh, prize we're giving away on, we're not going to give it away on thursday but we get to announce it in the begin the contest it's going to be a ton of fun uh, Kingster Group as well. Also, you can search uh, Uber Eats um, for Sinkers Beverages and they'll deliver the booze
1: right to your house, Zach. They drive so you could drink.
0: Call the Kingster Group as well, buildkg.com. That just about does it for today. Zach Lyons, make sure everybody follows him on Twitter at FWords Pod, football, and other FWords podcast Of course, you've got inbox.com as well. All the other great shows from the 440 Sports Network. If you missed the Mel Kiper interview, Make sure you go check that out, of course, on Lamestream Sports. We've got the Gold Standard covering the Preds. Nashville SC is on an absolute tear right now. So if you want to listen to Ooh, content man, about them. Sure are. Uh, Club and Country Podcast, great show there. You got Music City Audible. You got uh, Hot Read. You got Fringe Element for SEC Football. We got all kinds of shows for you. So go check out all the other great shows. So there you go.
1: Just real quick. For, for those listeners who have not talked themselves or found a reason to go watch a game at Geodis Park, Henny Mukhtar is—he's insane, unfucking believable, and it is like peak Derrick Henry, two thousand yard rushing, peak Ja Morant—you know, going to the basket before he's gone crazy and Steve McNair MVP. This yeah, this is like this is watching someone at the height of their at the height of their sport. Just be amazing every <laughs> game. It is well worth the yeah. really inexpensive tickets to yeah. sit in yeah. really good seats to go to the game and watch this. Watch some greatness. Tennessee, Nashville sports does not get greatness very often. This is greatness.
0: It It is. Um, both of my daughters who love Honey Mukhtar do not know his first or last name. Like, they just oh, yeah. call it... They call him Honey Mukhtar. They don't use, yeah. they don't call him Honey. They don't call him Mukhtar. They call, they, every time they say his name, it's both first and last names. It's Honey yeah. Mukhtar. Like they yeah. just, they do the whole thing every I just, time they cheerful. I just form. listened
1: to uh, Lucas, uh, do, Lucas Panzeca do the uh, the the game, and that's when I've realized that it was Mukhtar, not Mukhtar. <laughs> yes, Honey <laughs> Mukhtar, Honey Mukhtar. And if you say I've gotten both of, both of his names wrong, and it'll be a hard habit to
0: break, but I'm <laughs> working on it. It's okay. It's okay. All that matters is, is that you're trying, and you're just you against yesterday, Zach. Just you yep. against yesterday. No, you're right. It, he is, and and if he's like this much more, he'll be in Europe soon. So enjoy him now while you can. Yes. Um, on what is one of the best expansion teams in the history of the MLS. So for I don't really? know what a, for like for fantastic. like twenty bucks for like twenty yep. bucks a game. Go go watch him. Uh, there you go. Sinkers Kingston Group. Uh, honey Mukhtar, there you have it. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us. For Zach, on am Braden. We'll talk to you on Thursday. This has been a football show.